Hey, what's going on, everybody? We're Ten Sheets Podcast. I'm Ross. This is Greg. And uh, yeah, this is something new we're gonna start. And um, hopefully, it catches on like wildfire. Yeah. Gonna try to talk to some Baton Rouge musicians and make a little show of it. Yeah, just quick little interviews, uh, kind of bringing you back to the days of MTV when they used to interview your favorite musicians, except it's kind of local. <laughs> yeah, right on. The 120 minutes, if you will, of Gonzalo, right, or right. Baton Rouge. We can't hold a candle to Matt Penfield, but we'll, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> Matt Penfield. I was thinking Ricky Rackman. I guess. Oh, that guy. Okay, there you go. So first, I guess on the first episode, we should probably talk about each yeah. other. Oh, okay. Kind of bring them into like, this is kind of how it's going to go when we invite guests onto the show to talk about what they do. Um, and how they feel about the Baton Rouge or the, the Southeast Louisiana music scene. Cause we'll have guests on from other, I'm sure other parishes as well. Right. We just want to get people in here to talk and let everybody know how, you, like you said, let them, let them spew all the stuff and the, uh, answer all the questions we may have about how they got started, right. where uh, they are in the current time, where they see themselves in the future, things like that. Right? Musical upbringing and talk us through it, man. Right. Walk us through your timeline. Correct. I think it's kind of neat. Been trying to do this for a while. As you know, I've done the zine since, what I say, 08? 08. Ross had a, a small zine that uh, he published, I don't even know, like on a Xerox machine. <laughs> right, pretty but, much. Uh, I had quite a few copies. I think I wrote one or two articles. You maybe, definitely did. Maybe two. Yeah. Um, but it was a really cool thing, man, and just kind of bring it back to the audio style instead of the print version. Yeah, the idea of it was to basically talk to the cats around here, and then it just... I guess it wasn't catching on as as well as I wanted to around here, so I started venturing out and catching, uh, you know. It was a great idea. Yeah, the cats around, but, maybe, <laughs> but here we are. Let's try it again. Maybe this will get more reach. <laughs> yeah, people yeah. like to talk instead of. Well, also, I would send uh, interview questions in, just one through ten. Okay. So it wasn't like a back and forth type thing like you can do on a podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of weird. Like, what's your favorite show? And they're like, Oof. Whatever. And then the next question is like, so, uh, yeah. Seinfeld, so, next. Yeah, when are you coming? Yeah, exactly. So. so, yeah, hopefully this will do a little better. I mean, not that that was horrible. I, I got a lot of, you know, I started booking shows off of that and shit like that. So it was cool. That is cool, man. So um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Ross, Ross probably has uh, a lot of uh, early – uh, influence on Baton Rouge local music as far as original stuff. Even even if he didn't play in the bands, he was always around. He was always at shows, um, and had a lot to say about him. And really, kind of like me, just really inquisitive about how people came to be, or not even that. Just like I really dig your stuff, or I really don't dig your stuff. Right. Um, that's kind of the cool thing about our our little our little scene is that we're pretty honest with each other. Like that that's not good. That's, <laughs> well, that's incredible, man. Yeah. Always a lot of back and forth for sure. Yeah, I mean, I started in the mid-90s going to Chime Street. I was one of the Library Joe Wall kids. So, I, I mean, I guess that's pretty early. There's obviously people that were there before me. I'm just saying that I was there quite a while ago. So, I mean, I'm in my 40s now. So Yeah, I guess we could both say that. We're both in our yeah, 40s. We're in our 40s. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, saw lots of good bands over there. And that's all I did. Every, every time I had a waking moment, it was there. Right. And, and you play music as well. Yeah. So, what... Like, what was your first instrument that you that you started playing? Uh, guitar. Guitar. Definitely guitar, yeah. Uh, freaking Slash, you know? Oh, yeah. Me and my buddy Sean growing up, that was the thing that we idolized was Guns N' Roses. Picked up a guitar, started playing air guitar. We played many a show in the in the bedroom with a nice. hockey stick or whatever, you know? And So how old were you and, and Sean at this point? Oh, shit. I mean, I met him when I was like 11 years old or something like that. Oh, so. All right. Yeah, so, you know, like, I say mid-90s, it was probably like 96, because I would have had to been driving by the time I went to Chime Street, so, yeah. 
I was how, like 16. How'd you get your first guitar? Was it just pawn shop find or? I, my first guitar is that acoustic guitar I have sitting in the corner right there. With, my, the, with the stickers all over it. Yeah, that's yeah. the second batch of stickers that's been on it since I've had it. But yeah, I got that when I was 15. Just like I said. Um, Picked it up at a five and dime or something? No, or? my old man got that for me for my birthday. Nice. Yeah. I just, you know, I was really into it. I didn't do anything but talk about guitar or whatever. And music was a big deal. My dad's into music, so. There you go. Yeah, he's like, here's a guitar, buddy. And then, you know, the, the following year, I got an electric guitar for, for my birthday or Christmas or whatever it was. 15, 16, that's when I started actually playing guitar. Never really got real good. Never took any lessons or anything like that. Cool. Just following uh, my buddy Sean's lead. Right. Is, do, you, uh, do you remember the brand of your first electric? I'm just curious. Brand of my first electric was it's that, that it's that Squire Strat that I have. Really? It's actually not even a Squire. It's actually a Fender Squire series. Yeah, I remember. Mid, they didn't, mid-90s, yeah, Squire, Squire wasn't, wasn't even thing. a thing yet. Right. But yeah, it was a Mexican-made Stratocaster, black and white. Yeah. Got it on a, on a, for a dime over there at Music Incorporated in Gonzales. Nice. Nice. Yeah, Mr. Millet sold me my first two guitars over there. and uh, so, so your rents were pretty supportive about you playing. Yeah, it, until it started getting noisy and they, you know, they shoved me to somewhere else. But at first, like just getting to learn, they, they thought it was cool you know, that I was into it and shit like that. They, they didn't really care for the music I was listening to, but... Right, so uh, there you go. Yeah. Man, look at this segue. Uh, so, what was the music you were listening to? Like again, this is like uh, your eleven, thirteen. Right. There. I mean, yeah, it was always you know. You can't say punk rock because you're a liar. If no, you say uh, punk I'm rock. not gonna say punk rock. <laughs> I was gonna say it's always been Guns and Roses since day one. The yeah. first rock band that I ever fell in love with was Guns N' Roses, 1987, 1988, whatever that was. Carried on through to my high school years with Use Your Illusion and all that. Fell in love with them. I. Uh, uh, Got into Nirvana, got into Pearl Jam, yeah, all that grunge, grunge shit scene, that yeah. came through. And then, you know, somewhere in the mix of there, you'd hear from Rancid and Green Day and all that stuff like that. And just kind of, that one really, you know, sparked me. I had an older cousin that would show me things here or there. You cool. know, I used to live in California when I was a youngster, and he was like in the skate scene in North California. So he had picked up some shit, so he'd show me shit here or there, whatever it was like that. Like, you should listen to this. If you like Green Day, dude, you'll like this or whatever. And yeah, I just carried on from there, man. But yeah, that's what I was, I was like, starting to play when I was. <laughs> check out this Faith No More record; it's pretty and, awesome. And luckily, it was that, and not you know, um, you know, whatever else was everybody else was listening to, because you know, it was easy bar card shit, so it was easy to pick up on. Yeah, nineties was kind of a uh, if you're an upcoming guitar player or want to be guitar player, like it's kind of the hey, here's power chords, right? Right. So good for us. Yeah. <laughs> Super easy to jump off. Yeah, when the old man got me the guitar, he, he also, when he got me that, he got me a, like a, uh, like a learn how to play guitar book as well, but it was like, I don't want to say Buck Owens because it wasn't Buck Owens. I had a Mel Bay. Yeah, it was some like horrible, yeah. like just showing you how to play a G chord and here's how you play, lay down your head. Sure. Whatever the fuck. And yeah, I never, it's like, so it's like, he, and you know, my dad could form a G chord, like, no boys, right like this, boy, you know, but like that shit all went to the wayside as soon as Sean got his like first guitar lessons, like bar chord. It's like bar, nice. oh, bum, 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 all the way down the thing. You can freaking pick it up in your ear. Like, oh, there it is. Right. There it is. And yeah. And I haven't swayed from that <laughs> 30 years later. <laughs> I haven't later. progressed at all. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's awesome, dude. That's how I got cranked with guitar and stuff like that. And as far as drums go. I, you know, always was around somebody that was in band or something, and I would go hang out in the band room with people in school and shit like that, and I'd always, like, during recess or whatever, yeah. 
there, you know, you can go play a snare drum or whatever it is. So I'd always kind of beat on a snare drum. So when we had a, a, a drum set around, whenever me and Sean were starting to try to play music with people, yeah, uh, I'd always just jump on the drums and kind of try to figure it out and just, you know, you know how it goes. That was middle school, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So do you think that that's, I mean, there's a lot of schools that are closing up programs and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't have any kids, but you right. you have. Mm-hmm. So do they still offer music? As Absolutely, a thing? yeah. So is it just mm-hmm. kind of like what we went through? No, it? man. Uh, they have specialized courses in, in middle schools around here now. You can play just classical guitar or whatever Dang. it is now. Yeah, but they still do have the big band program where they go play at the football games and all that shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, man. So um, that would probably lead us into like, so you, you're you playing music, you're playing with your buddy Sean, and y'all are air guitaring and playing oh, yeah. slash riffs or uh, whatever. Slash or, you know, then, then come Kurt Cobain or whatever it was. Right. You know? So you guys started doing this together, but you couldn't be a band with two. No, definitely not. So you had to have picked up other buddies that started playing music or had the same kind of feel like, hey, I just want to hang out and play music. Right. Yeah. Once we started actually playing real instruments and, you know, one of the two of us was better than the other and uh, kind of you know, could carry a tune or whatever else. So, uh, yeah, certain people would show up and come play with us or whatever it was. And we knew, I mean, you know, if you're in a certain, I don't want to go to the the categorization of different musicians around the area already, but when you get into a certain group of friends or a certain group in high school, you're going to gain the other person's respect that's in that. Like, like, you know, I'm in the Green Day, I'm in the fucking Green Day or whatever. Right. So I w- we were hanging around with a lot of the same kind of characters that wanted to play the same kind of music. Um, and, and when Green Day, like you said, when Green Day came out, you had maybe, what, two records to listen to? Right. Like yeah, Kerplunk like and Dookie? And yeah, yeah. Definitely Dookie and then go back, back, you know, back to so where it was. You yeah. had two, like, well, I'm sorry, CD, <laughs> like stash you can go to. Be like, all right, there's, what, 24 songs. Right, right. Learn these or, you know, it. whatever you went back to. Like Jeremy White, if you want to get into yeah, who yeah. I started playing with, he was he went to high school with me. By the time I was like, I would say tenth grade or something like that, I think we'd start playing with him, and we're showing him like Operation Ivy and Rance and shit like that. And he would pick that up. Offspring was around at the time. Yeah, like sure, he, he like sure. I heard Offspring. I could play this, you know, and just play any kind of way you can, just to play as a group together, you know, no matter yeah. what it was. You know, me and Sean were obviously trying to write our own shit at the time too, but. Yeah, we'd play with him, and James Stake was another cat that was around back then. And uh, and your, your crew had like Frank. a little, you had like a little name, right? Like oh, the upsets, the upsets about, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The upsets became kind of a big thing. We were um, not really was it an official band or was it just not necessarily no people you hung out with and played music, <laughs> right? Right. It was basically it was always the core was me and Sean, and then him and I would either we'd swap up either playing drums or guitar, and then we'd find somebody. Frank was around. Levon Thigpen was around. James Stake was around. Right. A uh, cat named Russell. There was a few people came by and jammed out with us, and just whatever iteration of it was, um, you know, it was always basically the upsets. <laughs> that was Arlo chiming in. Yeah, yeah, Arlo's here too. Um, but yeah, we wrote a few songs together. Frank um, Hutchinson. Yeah. He was in Swashbuckler. Hopefully, we, he'll come on the show one yeah, day. Yeah, that'd be cool. And uh, he, he wrote some songs just kind of about hanging out at Sean's Shed where we played music at and shit like that and kind of put it all together and became the upsets. All right, so then you did the upsets or y'all hung out, whatever. Eventually, yep. I'm assuming, just like anybody who plays music, you, you want to start a band, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that was 
That was my goal, so I'm sure it was yours as well. That's what we thought we were doing at that time, yeah. Sure. <laughs> so so what's the ideas for the bands? And, and and the other thing was, like, in southeast Louisiana, you can you can actually make a decision when you start playing music is to be in a cover band. Oh, yeah. Which, like, you're in high school, which may not be – or even college level, it might not be a, a way to go because that requires a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of startup, you know. Or you can be in an original band where you just jam in a shed and – all right, eventually we're going to record this stuff because it's pretty cool or right. like, oh, we're just playing around, we're digging around. Yeah. Well, I mean, fuck. thing that happened was. <laughs> See, what happened was. Yeah. You get to a certain age, you get a driver's license, and then you start actually going. Like, the, we went to Chime Street all the time, and we were spending a lot of time over there. We're still playing music, and we're still doing the upsets thing or whatever it was. But, um, Yeah. Ended up meeting all kind of other people and, you know. Yes, yeah, so you're other, hanging on. Who, other, what, like, what bands did you see on Time Street oh, Jesus. in that day? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. No Big Deal, Ken Moore's, Outplay. Oh, man. Beer Pressure. No, that, that was later. I can't. I really can't remember those where, early. Skull Nicks. Skull Nicks, I was about to say, with the Skull Nicks. Yeah, they come around at some point. Mm, Were like you? Santa was this post acid bath or is this pre or during? Yeah, well, yeah. I guess I didn't even talk about that. We were doing a lot of shows, going to a lot of shows at the rec center in Gonzales when it was like acid bath and gig box. Yeah, and, um, <clears throat> I had a friend named Curry Weber who I haven't talked to in a long time that played in a band called Pulse, and he was like kind of a close friend of mine in school. So he kind of would drag us out to the rec center to watch them play, and they'd be playing That's with cool. gig box and Foursquare and kind of got into all that and uh god damn and uh yeah but chime street was a eventually different- it all just moved to chime street yeah right. acid bath was the rec center days that's you know that's i didn't actually ever see acid bath but i went to like every show they played right i, just, I didn't go into the venue at that time in chime street when you and i growing up like in the 90s and stuff like totally different scene than it is now right oh absolutely yeah, i mean 100%. is there even a scene there right but, right I, I, but yeah the bayou and library joe's yeah, all that stuff. Snorkels. Paradise Records. Yeah, dude. Um, what was the other place we were talking about the other day? Eh, mm. Paradise Records. Inga's Subs and stuff like yeah. that. Just a different different feel, man. What was the little, like, head shop type? Tiger stuff? Lily. Tiger Lily. Yeah, yeah, dude. Get all your incense and mm-hmm. other sundries. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, man. Spot. So, let's let's get into, like, you're at Chime Street, listen to bands, whatever, and you finally get a notion, like, I want to be in a band, right? Um yeah, well, it didn't hit me as hard as it may have hit other people that I knew because I was always cool with just playing music in the shed. I ne- didn't necessarily have to try to record or do anything like that. It wasn't that far into me as it was to other people or whatever. Like I said, we played, we wrote original songs and stuff like that still. Right. But, and we'd record, like, Sean had a four track, actually, and we'd record shit like that yeah, and stuff cool. like that. But, um, yeah, and then, you know, I met my wife, who I, and it wasn't my wife at the time, obviously, but you Jessica. Met, you met this lady. Met yeah. her. And, uh, you know, how shit happens. <laughs> you don't really <laughs> hang out with your boys as much anymore, and your boys have other friends and go and do other things. So uh, Sean ended up going play with these guys, with Frank, who was playing in the upsets with us, and a couple other guys or whatever like that. Jeremy White yeah. was in that band. And uh, they were kind of doing their own thing, and whatever that was – I didn't pay much attention to them or whatever, but <laughs> they had started doing a uh, band called Without Joe whenever they, they kind of did songs on the side of their singer. That's a story for Sean to tell, I suppose. But 
so I'd go out and see them every once in a while. I kind of got back into hanging out with them, kind of not necessarily through that because I've always been good friends with Sean, but the other guys, you know, Frank okay. and Jeremy. <clears throat> and yeah, so uh, I was delivering pizza at the time, so I'd go stop by Jeremy's house every once in a while while they were playing and shit like that. And Sean started writing this different kind of music that didn't sound like what without Joe was doing at the time. A little quicker, a little up pace. <clears throat> yeah. So I was just kind of curious about like, dude, you guys want, are you guys interested in getting like another guitarist or whatever? And yeah. They're, that, like, they're that, like, no, not right now, bro. Yeah. They're like, they're like, actually, yeah. <laughs> so, cool. because I think Frank may have been playing guitar at the time. So Sean and Jeremy and Frank was playing guitar and they didn't have anybody playing bass, I think is what it was. And uh, <clears throat> I didn't have a bass guitar, so I definitely wouldn't have been like, hey, let me go and play bass. Yeah. But I was just interested because the shit they were writing sounded cool. And yeah, so they let me come to a couple of practices and, you know, three months later or whatever, we're playing a fucking Battle of the Bands. That's rad. That is so rad. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the foundation of Swashbuckler right there. So Awesome. Awesome. Yep. So how long did that roll for? Swash was around for a couple of years. We did two little EPs. When did wait, 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 stop. When did it start? Probably like oh one. Oh one. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Like uh, Sean would be the man to ask all that too. But yeah, probably oh one. Okay. And went on to like oh four, oh five, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That, yeah. was, that was the bleed <laughs> that was the bleed over into my introduction to, to Sean was oh four. Right. Oh five, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um all right, so Swashbuckler lasts till about then, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. It dismantled, just like I'm sure everything else. Like people get old, people have other things they're into, and just kind of stop. Right? Yeah, I don't think there's any bad blood. Not really. Maybe I mean, so. Not, not, I wouldn't right. say bad bad blood, but like there's a reason why we stopped playing together for sure. Sure, and, sure, sure. sure. So know. like, what did you do after like Swashbuckler kind of came to a, a halt? Nothing at all. Kind of cruise. Yeah, I just I went to shows. Yeah, and me, you know, me and Jessica were hot and heavy at that time. So, and she enjoys going to the shows too. And we had a lot of friends out there, so we just did that thing. And No Fuego was probably going somewhere around there, and we'd go hang out with you guys, met you guys. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, got married in '07. Yeah, still was just kind of hanging around. But then, but then you did something later. You did. Uh, you got t- together with I think at least three. Of the guys, maybe. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, whenever I was, shit, I was after Avi was born. So, that's post-2010. I, I couldn't give you Is a Is that like 11 date. or 12, Yeah, probably. maybe. Something like that. Yeah. I, uh, there was a friend. I mean, Swashbuckler was amazing, but this other band that you're about to tell me about is... Is I, that right? I like it. A friend it. of mine named Doug, Doug from back in the day, he would just... Was he an upset? He didn't have anything to do. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he was an upset at one time. He'd come by the house every once in a while, and I just had a shed that I wanted to start playing music again because I had a drum set and I had a kid in the house so I wasn't just going to be playing drums all the time in my house sure so I bought a little shed to put my drums in so I could play drums and Doug would come over and he'd pick up a guitar and we'd kind of noodle around a little bit or whatever never really try to write anything he just knew how to play certain shit on guitar he'd play some hot water music or whatever fuck right right and then sprinkles of covers yeah then yeah and then you know uh, Doug and Frank were good friends so yeah Doug and Frank would come by and start playing, and then Frank would start showing me shit. Hey, man, I kind of wrote a couple songs and blah, 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 and we'd start doing that. And um, I was always trying to catch Sean's interest in it because if you don't know anything about Sean, he's a really good bass player. So I was always like, Sean, this would be fun for you to play bass. Me playing drums, you playing bass, fucking real fun to do. 
eventually got him into doing that. Had to dispose of one of the members and uh, picked up Mr. Jerry Myers from Starscream's Revenge. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Jerry's a, Jerry's a cool dude, man. Made uh, Mr. Rent. Yeah, there it is. That's the record, man. And uh, a good one. That was just kind of a shed thing. We never really planned on doing much. We didn't really plan on doing a bunch of shows or anything like that. We just wanted to record something. Yeah, you played a few and they were good. Yeah, we played they a couple good. shows. And uh, yeah, I thought the record came out real well. Uh, All these good records that just get shelved. Yeah, there's definitely no animosity with anybody in there. It was just kind of like, yeah. This is what it is. I don't really want to play live music right now or whatever it was. And uh, yeah, that was it. Right on. That's how that stopped. So, um, you talked about talked about Frank and Doug and Sean and and Jaron and all these guys um, and you, so I can remember like going to hang out with you and there'd be like there'd be some drinking usually involved. Imagine that. But I can remember like thinking, uh, like I remember like Doug or Sean or like hitting each other like pretty pretty hard. <laughs> it's just like y'all are friends, right? Just, the camaraderie with y'all's band was pretty awesome, dude. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you know, now the. Uh, I guess we can say like you and I play in a band together yeah. nowadays and it's just like we never get out of the practice room and be like, all right, it's time to wail yeah. on Ross. It's like, like, like can't wait to fuck that dude. Right, up. right, right, right. No, I mean we've just been friends since fucking high yeah, school or whatever. Exactly. It was, so. <laughs> That's what's so that was so trippy about it. We have our own like language and You just beating that dude up? Yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> you lucky he didn't like grab a knife and stab you. What? Yeah, but cool, I dude. mean that was a good time to grow up. <clears throat> being in the original music in Baton Rouge, it was fantastic. I mean, whatever little bit I had done that we talked about, I mean, I felt blessed to be able to do it in that time period. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you, like, <clears throat> not once in y'all's musicianship or your, or your, your coming up into playing music, I wouldn't even say musicianship. It's just, it never crossed your mind to like, man, all we got to do is learn some Pearl Jam songs, some Nirvana right. songs, right. some some Metallica and Guns N' Roses, and we can take this on the road, man. We, <laughs> we could make 1200 bucks a night at the right. caterie or whatever. Yeah, like So why not. didn't you guys say, like, we're going to just play covers and we're going to make some money and it'll be our second job? I don't and even know if I have an answer for that, dude. It just wasn't... Not your ne- thing. Never in the cards, no. Didn't... Want to put on your own miles? Didn't have... I figured if you... If somebody wanted to listen to a Pearl Jam song, they could just listen to a Pearl Jam song. Right? Yeah. Is how I've always been about that, I guess. I've always been upset. Yeah, you know, if if bars and clubs and whatever um, would hire more of the original, you know, and less of the the cover band. Not saying they don't have their place. It's just uh, you would foster more musicianship. Or For sure. yeah, you know, you know. I'm talking yeah. to you. Like you don't know what's up. I'm like you know what's up. Yeah. Now there's a uh, a band going on. Uh, original band going on and they throw a couple covers in there i'm like fucking hey that's yeah great. it kind of keeps you in the <laughs> yeah. and, you know, brings you back in yeah, and yeah. like oh all right, cool yeah for sure absolutely but just to you know hear especially that. when that cover is something like <laughs> off the wall like some hardcore band starts doing a cb wonder song i'm like right. whoa check this out <laughs> absolutely yeah i mean i love music so i'm always down for live music but sometimes just that's kind of redundant at some point yeah for sure yeah um so yeah dude uh we're, we're, we should actually talk about the, all these names that you've mentioned and I've mentioned and stuff like that. We actually plan on and talking to all of these guys. Um, and uh, there's a lot of women in the background as well that, you know, sure. um, in my in my head, Kate is definitely one of the people we're absolutely 100%. Kate was huge in the scene. She always showed the most support, even the little bands, like the ones I was in. Right. Always there, always supportive. Um, booked a lot of shit. 
It's almost like she enjoyed going to shows or yeah, something. It's almost it was, like it, it was like crazy. That, yeah. It was crazy. Um, yeah, but she had the hook up to like a lot of the, the venues that, and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, man, I can't wait to ask her all these questions about like how, how and why. Because I've uh, if Kate played music, that's going to be the big shocker to me. Like, because like what? <laughs> she's just throw down like, well, I used to play guitar for like she's sixteen all years. These, all yeah, these demos of bands. She's, <laughs> yeah, she's like, I've got six <laughs> records Fuck. out. Y'all don't listen to it. Yeah, that's <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of how I wind down. Mine is what I'm doing today. You know, just I did the same thing. I did the zine and uh, tried booking bands. I was getting people through like HG, uh, here to get here today, gone tomorrow and stuff like that for a time being. And and speaking of Kate, so you you also were kind of one of those unsung heroes of those those back in the day bookings and venues like you you also did a lot of graphic design work so you yeah did, you did a lot of flyers for a lot of bands yeah man. my art's been around baton rouge yeah like with that, you've yeah. been papered on chime <laughs> street for sure by at least two of my bands if not three Quite a few times yeah um yeah for sure man um your I stuff, care about your stuff it, was amazing yeah i mean like uh, ross has designed flyers and i'm not trying to like toot your own horn or anything yeah. but like even like in our heyday in Nofuego, we played for some some major labels and major bands and stuff like that that would come through New Orleans, and Ross would make these flyers for, um, here's a name drop, like Flog and Molly. But the okay. flyer was amazing, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I didn't, <laughs> screw the show, the flyer. Look at this flyer, man. Yeah, it's yeah. Like incredible. I cared, um, man. I just, especially, you know, uh, even if it was like Flog and Molly was the main, I'd always try to make sure that the Nofuego shit just looked a little cooler than Flog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. always did something like that. And, um we just yeah, cared about dude. our local boys, you know. There's, and there's a lot of art that goes into like, you know, the original guys, right? Um, yeah. For their music and their if they did a pressing of a CD or a tape or a vinyl record or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, a lot of artwork goes into that, and there's a lot of guys behind the scenes in that. So like for for us for No Fuego, uh, Dustin Banana was one of the guys instrumental into that. Um, that's your shout out, Dustin. <laughs> so he actually designed the No Fuego logo, which was amazing. Right. Just kind of like branded the band and like, thanks, Dustin. Appreciate it. And just for freezies, you know, he's just like, yeah, I can, I can do this stuff. And then Ross stepped up and was like, here's some flyers. Like, do we have to do anything? Our friends are going to hook us up. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about the scene is um, Kate booking you, Ross flyering you, yeah. Dustin coming up. Marshall the, making your T-shirts. Yeah. Dude, oh, <laughs> dude. Marshall's going to be on the show. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, hopefully he wears underwear. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I, I... So, yeah, let's hear about how you did, bro. Oh, you you want to get into the Greg story. I mean, you, you, I'm assuming you got into it probably earlier than I did. It wasn't a lot. I did, and you would think that I'd be way better once I tell you <laughs> all of this stuff that I'm about to tell you. Um, and I think there's actually a lot of musicians kind of like me. Um, and I know, I know for, for a fact we're going to talk to at least two that kind of have my upbringing, right? So yeah. your dad played guitar. Uh, my grandmother played piano. Mm. She graduated from Loyola in piano, so she was really good. Um, when I expressed interest in playing piano when I was real young, she would not teach me. She, would, <laughs> she, I'll buy you lessons, but I, because, because there's a thing about um, musicians and stuff. It's just like you know, if if somebody wants to learn how to play, it's really difficult for us to to have that patience to. You know, I'm gonna instruct you how to play, for sure. especially somebody like me who is just like, man, I really don't know what I'm doing. I just kind of figure stuff out, you mm-hmm. know, it's just, I'm not classically trained or anything. So do this, do that. You hear that? It's wrong. Play it right. <laughs> so, uh, she, she knew that about herself and she was like, no. <laughs> so, uh, we actually skipped that. I was in elementary school. I picked up a violin in fourth grade. Wow. Yep. Um, they were teaching us how to play stuff like Ode to Joy and you know, all that stuff. And mm. I wanted to play, um, every rose has a thorn by poison <laughs> on a violin. <laughs> 
I actually picked it out. And my dad, oh, my shit. dad was like, what is that? <laughs> so, uh, I'd run around the house playing just like the, the chorus mm-hmm. <laughs> on a scratchy violin, you know, it's horrible. <laughs> um, so then my dad played banjo. Um, he played a four string banjo and I, it, he played it all through like high school. And I think he even brought it into the Navy with him and stuff like that. But I found that under a bed one day oh, shit. and I was like, show me. And he played some like Dixieland stuff, you know, I was like, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it wasn't hitting, hitting the hairs, you know, and it wouldn't <laughs> blow my mind. Like, right. all right. Dink, 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 dink. <laughs> so, uh, he also had under the same bed was a guitar case. And so I yanked it out one day. Um, so apparently my dad, had given some guy in the Navy 50 bucks for this old Yamaha guitar, right? And he wasn't doing it. The guy just needed money for a poker game and right. was lo- on his luck. And my dad was sober, and he was like, I'll give you 50 bucks. And he was like, it's worth 100 He's like, I'll give you 50 bucks," and took it from him. And uh, so I kind of picked it up and, and started playing around just like you did, except I didn't – I was an only child. I'm not sing, singing you the sad story. It's right, just, right. It was just me in my room kind of like picking out stuff. Um, and so the only thing I really knew was a lot of blues because um, like my dad and my uncle listened to blues and my dad's music was really odd. It was full of like super tramp and it was not <laughs> rock and roll. Right? Right, right. So, so Toto. And I mean, there's a little bit, there's some cream in there, I guess. And like classic rock right. stuff. Right. So it wasn't until um, my, my mom had married somebody with a, with a son and as my stepbrother who actually, he started showing me Guns N' Roses, like, check out Appetite, you know, boom, yeah. here we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mother's Milk by Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. like some really off-the-wall weird stuff. Now, he still listened to classic rock, Doors, Beatles, Rolling Stones, all that stuff. And so it just started piecing together, just like you had your first guitar with all the stickers on it. I had my first guitar from my dad, which is this acoustic, blah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you would run into somebody, like, in the neighborhood that just, like, some like, neighbor had a shed door open, and I could see this yellow big round thing in it and i was like i think that's a bass drum so me and my my stepbrother would go over there and be like hey is that a drum set and the guy's like yeah and I, the shed's been like waterlogged <laughs> and I could, all i could see was slingerlin on the front of the right. bass drum right and i was like i gotta have that <laughs> i mean like the drums were warped <laughs> like if you went to buy a new head they wouldn't have even fit on there right <laughs> so but my brother really wanted to play guitar and i was like well that's fine. I'll learn how to play drums. Like I was so into the rock stuff, you know? Yeah. So we pulled that old thing and the guy was like, give me 20 bucks. I was like, I'll give you 10. Like there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing really worth it. It's like, pull the same shit your dad yeah, did. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was just like, it was two toms and a, and a, and a bass. And my mom had to buy me a snare. Like, and it was a, a marching snare. Right. Bless you mom for that. Yeah. So I kind of pieced together this drum set, you know, um, mom and dad, real supportive about it about it everything you know uh, didn't like you said didn't understand what i was doing didn't understand what i was playing um, he's happy yeah because i'm entertaining myself <laughs> yeah. dude like he, you know everybody's got a hobby like if he was into models or whatever and my mom was into reading my thing was music and right. everybody had their own little thing so yeah so it was just me and my brother and then i was going to middle school i went to um i went to a, like a smart kid school not saying that i was smart but i went to the school <laughs> where smart kids went <laughs> And we had a really cool band room, a uh, really great band director. And I met um, a kid named Tim Latour, who would be my my Sean. Right. Um, and so he and his dad did play rock music together, like, and his brother, like, they played music. So when I walked in there, it was like my, my head exploded. Because <clears throat> not only, like, were they listening to the same thing I was listening to, which was just, like, 
I grew up a little different. So the Black Crows were in middle school for me. Black yeah. Crows. And then we, we finally got Pearl Jam and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of classic rock. So when I get into the shed and they're playing all that music, it was just like, not only do you listen to it, but you play it. Yeah. Show me how, you know. Um, so I just kind of sat in the corner for a long time just watching. Um, his dad was an excellent piano player. And uh, Tim could do, like you're Sean. So he did drums. He could do bass. He could do guitar. He could do it all. Yeah. So just in awe. And his brother played guitar. So I was just like, God, dog, I want to get there. <laughs> um, so fast forward, I get into um, middle school. I'm playing horn in band, trombone. And then I'm playing whenever Tim would invite me over, like, let's jam. And it, it didn't even have to be good, dude. Just loud, right? Right. Um, and his parents were awesome. They had this awesome shed that was soundproof. And it was just like, you, we could play till midnight and nobody would hear us in the middle of a neighborhood. It was great. God. Yeah. We actually talked not too long ago and we were reminiscing him. He's like, dude, it ain't what it used to be. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so middle school, finish up, get into high school. The, the plan for Greg was, you know, you're going to still play horn and you're going to graduate high school playing horn. You're going to go to LSU and you're going to get in the band. Because mm. I was good right. at trombone. But not passionate about it, but good, you yeah. know. Um, and it was cool. It was cool playing all those things, but it's just like – you run into one sour director and it kind of spoils it for you. You're just like, man, what am I doing? So still playing guitar and bass throughout high school. Tim and I kind of went to two different high schools. Um, yeah. So, so fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, get to LSU. I'm hanging on chimes probably when you're in middle school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I'm hanging on chimes in like 96, 97. Okay. I was there too. Okay. Yeah. On the wall, though. I okay, yeah, there. I was in. <laughs> I was in. Yeah, that's why we never met. Uh, yeah, and uh, hanging out in the bayou and stuff like that. And the bands that I was going to see were more indie than your bands, probably. So I was checking out like bands like Liquid Drone and Bones and, uh, oh, goodness gracious. Um, we talked the other day about it. Yeah, I can't remember all the shit. We Uranus. Were Smack was one Smack. that came up, yeah. Yeah, there were. Um, that was Gonzalez more. But. Yeah, uh, Mike Watt and all those guys right, right. and stuff like that. <laughs> <clears throat> so <clears throat> chimes is a little bit different, but I was also able to catch bands like, um, Oh, this is weird. Like the toadies came through and better than Ezra and all the time, actually mm-hmm. cowboy mouth. We'd go see them. Luscious Jackson L seven. Mm. Finally, like some Pearl jam, some Soundgarden, stuff like that were happening and still in my brother was still coming around and whatever, still hanging out. And he, he'd throw me like these arena shows. Like we're going to see Pink Floyd. We're going to see Rolling Stones. We're going yeah. to see Guns N' Roses. We're going, yeah. we're going, we're going, we're going. And we did. <clears throat> so get out of college, you know, start working in the workforce or whatever. I'm fast forwarding a lot here around 2004. Right. I'm working at this hoity toity cigar bar in Baton Rouge. <laughs> and one of the guys that we had hired, um, his name was Patrick. Hopefully get him on the show. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Real cool kid, you know. Um, but he was just like, Hey man, I'm kind of starting to ban our bass players. Um, he, he probably can't do the gig anymore. I heard you play guitar. Would you be interested? And I was like, but he's a bass player. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah. I was like, well, what, what, why doesn't he want to play bass for you? You know, he's like, Oh, he, he just, uh, he didn't have the time to devote to it or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's okay. He's like, well, it's our guitar player's brother. And I was like, so I'm replacing this guy's brother. Right. <laughs> so I was like, so I can't play bass. Oh, I've never played bass. And I'm replacing this guy's brother. Like, this sounds like a recipe for awesome. Like, before I even replaced this guy, there was kind of like this mock interview um, at Churchill's about the, the, the No Fuego band. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was like Patrick and Ty. And I remember... <laughs> 
I remember liking Ty a lot because we were sitting there and he was like, well, I mean, like, what kind of bands are you into? Now, keep in mind, like, I'm the old guy, right? <laughs> so when these guys are talking about, like, playing punk, I have no idea what they're talking about. Punk like, like what? Like The Clash? There it is. <laughs> and that was me. Like, I was like, okay, so I'm in The Clash and The Police. And, like, I started naming all these, like, CBGB bands right. from back in the day. <laughs> um, like, Blondie? Yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Ty's like, what do you think about Blink-182? I was like, oh, I couldn't. And I could, I still, like, right. I, I never got into them, man. Yeah, I was thing. like, ugh. <laughs> well, I, like, I broke Ty. Because <laughs> Ty, mm. Ty was big into them, man. And I was like, oh, no. Did I just kill my, my dreams of being in this band? And, uh, but no, it was all good, dude. And then Patrick started laughing. And so, like, why don't you just come see, you know? So, I, I had an old bass that I kind of piecemealed together, um, an old an old friend of mine named Ryland who used to play with the Chris LeBlanc band mm. in Baton Rouge. He's like, yeah, dude, I can sell you this bass. And it was cheap. And I was like, all right, there's a five string, which you don't right. need in punk rock really. <laughs> um, but I was like, okay, it was a bass for sale, you know? And then he was like, I slowly acquired, like they were like, Oh, we'll get you some gear. Like the, the guys were great. Like Patrick and Ty and Remy and all of them were amazing. They were like, dude, we, we know people. So they started talking to uh, Mike from Bones. and like, hey, you got an old bass cabinet and an old head or whatever we can just practice on? Like, we'll give it back to you as soon as he gets his gear. And so, yeah. So I went up to the practice room, and they were like, hey, can you do this? And they kind of showed me this riff, and I picked up the bass for the first time and played the riff. And they're like, all right. <laughs> that works. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then it was like, all right, let's show you the other stuff. So I just started learning stuff, you know? Right. Never was a bass player. Um, and then, so, so no fuego is kind of born and I actually met Remy's brother, Casey, who I was taking the spot of and yeah. Casey and I became pretty good friends actually. <laughs> um, and I was like, it's kind of sad that I wish Casey was in the band as well. You right. know, I was like, man, we should have had like 15 guitar players and a bass player. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so y'all just had eight guitar players and a bass player something like that. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> and then, so that was in 04. Um, we started drafting up some ideas about like, Oh, we're going to record a record. It's going to have like five songs and yada, yada, yada. And that was Marshall's law. And we recorded it with Jay, um, satellite studios. Oh, okay. Jay Robichaux. Jay Robichaux. Right. Yeah. Not a cool cat. Yeah. Um, and they're like, yeah, we got it all mapped out. Um, so actually Jay Robichaux was not Marshall's law. Jay Robichaux was like the demo for Marshall's law. Right on. So anyway, so we would have first time I ever recorded anything in a in a legit studio, or whatever. So I have no idea what I'm doing, man. I'm just fish out of water playing bass <laughs> like this stuff. Um, and Jay was even giving me pointers. He's like, "Hey, dude, try this," and yeah. he would show me a lick, and I'm like, "Thanks, producer Jay." Yeah, he's a pretty good bass player. He's himself. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, very appreciative of that. Um, so yeah, we released that, and then we uh, kind of put that out there, like a you know throwing it out at shows or whatever, and and people are. Some people are digging it. Some people are. Mm. You guys were playing shows. Yeah, we uh, we played like the dark room. <laughs> okay. Um, which was off of Florida Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Right, right, right. All ages club, and it was, was kind of crazy because it was a horrible. I mean, it was like as they say in the musician world, you got to pop your cherry, right? So right. that was it, and it was it was bad. Yeah. Um, wasn't great. Was that the same digs that was off of four twenty nine in Port Allen? So that was after. That was after. Yeah, our yeah. first show was Dark Room, and it was like to a like I don't know a crowd of like ten people. Because I remember when Swashbuckler was playing shit, we we played. It was called Four Two Nine, I think. But then behind it, they had like an all ages venue or just this little the big sh- open. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
a little shed, and they were calling we, it the dark room. Oh, they had the same. Yeah. Name? Wow. Didn't know that. It don't matter. I mean, it's a long time ago, right? <laughs> it's just a question. So, so in '04, um, we did all that, and that little record starts floating around everywhere. And Patrick had come to practice one day, and said, "Hey, man." there's this guy that I kind of want to bring in. He's played this band called Swashbuckler and he's heard our stuff and he's kind of interested. And that was Sean. Yeah. So I, I don't have any, you know, skin in the game. So I'm like, who am I, who am I to say like this guy? No. Yeah. I'm like, man, sure. The more the merrier. I don't, at this point, I don't know what I'm doing. So, um, there was not a lot of apprehension. They like, Sean apparently had recorded something over what we did and and brought it to Patrick Mm. and Patrick showed us and he was like, check this out. And I'm like, well, crap <laughs> gotta get that guy in yeah, the band. yeah so sean came on and then we kind of redid the demo and we recorded marshall's law at uh ret ret house ret uh yacht? no ret what was his last name man There's so many rets in fucking baton rouge i have no idea he played with liquid sand like another cover band in baton rouge played the catering a lot super oh. amazing recording guy um <clears throat> he he did a lot with merriweather and a bunch of other bands anyway so he recorded the Marshall's Law thing, and it was really cool. And uh, then, uh, let's see, oh, oh five, oh, oh six. Yeah, you guys were playing a bunch of shit around yeah, batteries. Yeah, you guys we started, started, we started playing more because like we had a record out, right? Yeah, and so you had that like, practice room above the catering and all We that. have something to give people. We had like a few like really Microsoft Paint t-shirts kind of right, right. kicking around <laughs> and stuff. And I mean, it's camaraderie. Like, we didn't care much anything else other than, like, hey, we got some stuff. We're yeah. doing okay. Um, and then 06, uh, Patrick, I'm sure we'll bring him on the show. We'll talk about that. Patrick rolls out. Sean kind of, it's like, we're thinking it's over. Patrick, uh, Sean's like, not really. Let's try this. And showed us basically some ideas he had that we recorded following Skylines and all that stuff with, um, which was a great record. Now we had a full length, and, you know, now we're actually – and Sean was a big pusher of this. He's like, now we can actually go on tour. Yeah. And we start playing away from Louisiana, which, again, you got to remember, like, in 04, I'm the bass player that's never played bass. <laughs> yeah. So in 06, <laughs> we're actually, like, going on tour, um, <laughs> like a two-week tour to, like, and Florida and stuff. Dude, around. I'm freaking out, <laughs> man. And, uh, and I'll have the background. So, like, when people at shows come and talk to you, man, you really had that – whatever sound you know and they right. they reference a band that i'm just like cool yeah. <laughs> like yeah. uh. kind of put this together brother right right, right. <laughs> um so yeah and it's just like through through no fuego um i get to experience like them saying dude you need to go check this band out you need to go check this band out and we would all travel as a pack like yeah and you got to see a lot of local guys yeah that you guys dude would play with and that was that JD was and other things like that, that was the opener like justin bailey oh my gosh yeah. like when i saw that band for the first time ever um and we can flash back to that <laughs> so when justin bailey i saw them at the spanish moon i think for the first time blew me away yeah. like i had no idea you could do things like that in music <laughs> i did like the start stops the the half beats their drummer Travis. Yeah. Holy cow, dude. The bass player, Brian Domain was just, oh. Um, and then Brandon and Corey, for sure. Like, just the rhythms. Like, obviously, these guys grew up playing music somehow or some way. Um, and so when they, if they come on the show, I would love for them to come on the show. I big need, big supportive to the local scene back in the day. Want to pick. The, everybody in that band. Was I want to pick huge, all that brain. Yeah. Because, and this is the flashback, when I'm in high school, I had a friend who had a little sister that went to Sherwood middle school with 
some of the guys from the Skull Nicks. And she was actually telling me, like, in high school, like, the little little girl would come up to me and be like, hey, check out my friend's band. They're called the Skull Nicks. If you ever blah. Right. And uh, <clears throat> I was like, well, whatever. Yeah. What does that mean? Wow, I wish I would have listened. Um, <laughs> because, wow. And uh, so, yeah. So, through No Fuego, I'm hearing Justin Bailey. I'm hearing Last Name Change. I'm hearing... Uh, Grizzly and Outplay and um, oh, all of Billy's bands, yeah. all that stuff, dude. Just We Living Speaker Smoker, Ken Moore's obviously all of it, dude. Um, Winter Set out of Mississippi. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. So, but it's all because of you guys. Like, you know, I met you basically through Sean coming. To, you came to No Fuego shows, and it was just like you create this like little microcosm of newer friends and stuff, and all they are all exposing you as long as you're a sponge, yeah, and soak it up. So a lot of you guys, um, all 12 of you listening or whatever, were, were, were instrumental in, in me picking up influences, you know? Yeah. So that was the really cool part. Um, because just to, had I been going along and not met you people, it, it, I don't know if I would have found this style. Like I still would be playing probably cover band music, you know? Right. Like, I don't know. Um, so I thought it was slick, dude, yeah. how it all kind of organically happened. Um, and then like mosh pits, so like I told you, like I've been to Pearl Jam and stuff and been in some pits and stuff like that until you, until you go experience like some punk rock, hardcore kind of stuff. It's just like, yo, <laughs> at least you guys are kind to each other. Yeah. But dang, y'all throwing elbows. <laughs> um, it was intense, man. It was awesome. It was good times. A lot of sweaty, smelly times. Yeah. I mean, No Fuego did a lot of things around here, but you guys definitely were away from town a lot more than a lot of the other, um, yeah, I Local mean, cool bands around here, I would say. And a lot of bands will tell you that too, that are from here. They'll tell you that if you play every weekend in Baton Rouge, it, it's, it's one thing mm-hmm. versus if you play like once a month or once every two months in your hometown, it becomes a thing. Right. Like, Oh, they're not going to play here again for another two months. So if you want to see them, right. you, you create that, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, <clears throat> it was really cool because you go to Florida and then you meet their bands and they could come play back in right. your state. And you kind of do the network thing. It's like, Hey, you want to swap shows basically. Um, and when you bring Kate, she'll tell you all about how they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like played Auburn, played Atlanta, played, you know, so eventually after that record, then we recorded another split record with another band. Uh, right. You guys got signed to enable records and then they put you with bastard sons on a split. Yeah. Bastard sons out of Atlanta. Again, we met them on the road, you know, and it's just like, cool. Yeah. So like, hey, you guys want to be on a split? Absolutely. And a few years after that, we did Conquering Country. Um, kept playing, kept touring, kept playing, kept touring. Um, and it gets hard. You know, I'm at this point probably finishing up my degree in college. Uh, Remy, the guitar player, he's, you know, and we're, we're all getting married. Yeah. Um, people are getting homes. People are starting to worry about, you know. Finances. Right. Yeah. No Fuego is not going to pay the bills. Um and that's, that is the way of an original van, I guess. But so you got to start looking out for your, your family and stuff like that. So people start doing their thing understood. Mm-hmm. So Sean and I, and <clears throat> at this time, Jeremy was the, the newer drummer started a band called hammer chasing nail. Um, we recorded, I think we recorded five songs. We were, might have recorded six, but released five. I don't remember how it went. I don't remember either, buddy. Anywho. Um, but that was a dope band, man. And that's Arlo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we recorded those songs with Justin Spence, uh, a coworker of Sean's. Yeah. And 
he did a pretty good job. Sean had to do some doctrine and, and stuff like that, but the overall product I thought was pretty good. We only played a few shows as Hammer Chasing Nail. Right. Um, again, scheduling and anybody that's playing in a band and uh, in a band that wants to do something, scheduling is the hardest part when everybody's got a job. Yep. It's so difficult. Jobs and families and everything else. Yeah, yes. and and as priorities go, it should be those other two. You know, it's yeah. hard to put that band as a number one and number two because mm-hmm. you'll lose the others. Um, so for us, it was. It, I mean, we were all pretty easy with each other. It's just like, hey, man, if you can't do it, you can't do it. Just put it on the schedule that you can't. So apparently after a while, it's just, you know, people's schedules got in the way. People couldn't show up for practice, much less shows. So it's just like, well, that dissolved. Yeah. So now I'm sitting on the shelf. Uh, Sean's too good to sit on the shelf. So he's off playing in <laughs> bands like Mr. Rent. And <laughs> um, uh, I'm sure he did other projects as well. Ah, shit, I don't know. Glitchell. Oh, yeah. Well. He played in Glitchell um, during that time. And uh, here we are present day. Me, Sean, and Ross have a little something going. Yeah. It'll turn into something. And uh, so that's that's the Greg Music story, man, in a, it's a wild really ride. long story. <laughs> it's a wild ride, brother, but. Oh, hello. Oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about. Um, let's talk about what's coming up this week, man. Or can, do you want to. Not you want to save that for toward the later of the show. I mean, we could talk about it now. I mean, it needs to be said, I suppose. Um, about three or four months ago, we lost the number one guy I would have wanted to have on this show, probably, right? The Godfather, the Godfather Todd Alexander of Glitchel fame, uh, passed away unsuspectedly, and the boys are honing their skills probably about right this second. And they're going to play a, I guess, a benefit show, if you want to call it. They're going to, like, if you could imagine, like, a greatest hit. So, Todd was in a, he formed a band called Glitchell. And throughout the years of Glitchell, they've had a slew of musicians in that band. Yep. So, a lot of these guys have come together after Todd's passing and said, hey, man, we need to play a show. Yeah. So, <clears throat> they're going to, and I, you you know more about it than I do, so I know that there's they're kind of pulling musicians in and out, but there's a there's a pretty solid core, right? Apparently, yeah. Well, Sean, the, the original ben. guys that were still playing in the band, well, mainly all the the guys that were playing in the band before they the sudden passing there are all they're gonna they've be been practicing every week for a while and they're, they're gonna, gonna hold it together a benefit, but apparently the, a few people are gonna come in and out. I was asked to do something, some, and, some guest singing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. He said, if you want to go up there and play bass, go yeah. ahead. Play no, no, drums, no. Whatever no, no, you want no, to no, do, no. you do go do you. No, no, no. I mean, you're obviously, if you want to go play trombone on a fucking <laughs> that's, song. That's what, that's what Glitchel needs is trombone. <laughs> it's just whatever Todd would have wanted. He'd wanted to see his friends having a good time, that's for sure. But, hey, it's, it's going to be a memorial slash benefit for his daughters. Um, you know, just kind of help fund his, his family out there. Whatever yeah. they can raise would be great, so... If you guys come out to Park Place this Saturday, hopefully I'll have this show out by then, Saturday, December 10th, yep. at Park Place in Gonzales, um, $10 cover, and uh, yeah, all pre- proceeds go to helping out Todd's family. Yeah. And I'll of, be there, Greg will be there. Sure, and a lot of people that we've mentioned on the show will probably be there. Yeah, and not um, to mention the fact that <clears throat> the Capitalist Kids and the Morons are opening the show. Right. That's a qu- pretty good bill. Yeah, yeah it's going to be, be a good show. So... Uh, and I guess the other thing is that we hopefully 
before the show, get to talk to the guys from Glitchell. Yeah, that's the and, plan. And talk about some Todd memories and mm-hmm. some shenanigans that have occurred over the years. Yeah, so hopefully the next episode you hear will be that. Yep. And uh, we're going to try to do this. I don't know how often we're going to do it, but... Um, yeah, and so, you know, um, we have mentioned a lot of names on the podcast earlier and probably just name-dropped and you guys... And were, talking about wanting to get them. And, right, right. And if you guys are like, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? So just stay tuned and we'll, and we'll keep you posted on who they are and kind of bring them into the fold just like me and Ross introduced each other. Um, but if we didn't mention your name and you believe that you should be on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. you need to drop us a line. Um either via Facebook, either via social media, uh, text message, email. Um, right. I, would, I would say if you know us, get in touch. If you don't know us, somebody does, and they'll, they'll get in touch with us. Yeah, you can hit us up on the Facebook page at 10 Sheets. Uh, I think it's just 10 Sheets 10 on sheets. Facebook. Or you can email 10sheetszine at yahoo.com. There you go. Um, but it should be cool, man, just to kind of kick back with some guys that we all grew up with talk to see what they have to say about it um and another thing that we don't really talk about is you know where is the scene now versus where it was right um and what's the hopes you know because we're all in our 40s and yeah. we're all still playing music a lot of us are um recently there was a ken moore's reunion show where that, there was this resurgence of like we're gonna yeah do some stuff and i'm right. really excited about that yeah and also if there's uh, any bands in the baton scene currently that maybe we don't have any fucking idea some who they are or whoever the shit and you want to promote your shit or tell us what you come up with maybe you were a fucking no fuego fan back in the day and you want to come talk to us and tell us what you're doing and promote your shit please by all means yeah i would love to talk to some young people that are doing it man yeah That'd or just or just let me know and i'll promote your shit we'll we'll throw your flyers up or i'll Make you a flyer. Yeah, maybe he'll apparently. make you a flyer. Uh, I'm all about supporting the scene down here. I, I hope to see it thrive at some point. I know we don't really have the venues we used to have back in the day, but I know there's some available. Um, yeah, man. God, I just hope the best for Baton Rouge music, and that's why I do shit like this and you know the little funky radio show I would try to put out every once in a while and all the things like that. that just means a lot to me, right? Yeah, for sure. So For sure. And, uh, yeah. I want to see it go, man. Yeah. So I, we got to figure out some kind of cool ass tagline to throw down like when we're exiting the show. <laughs> well, yeah, this is our first attempt at yeah. doing this shit, so we'll figure it out somewhere down <clears> the <throat> line, Greg. I mean, Motel 6 has a cool one, but <laughs> we'll leave, we'll light leave on the light on for, on for you. Yeah, well, I guess we'll leave the light on for you guys. And uh, get in touch. Appreciate you. Thank you, Ross. Doing Bros. this with me, this Greg. Awesome. I've been this wanting to be do great. this shit forever. I'm excited dude. about this. And uh, yeah, man. You guys will be hearing from us very soon. Saturday. All right. Yeah, Saturday. See you guys Saturday. All right. Let's call it then. Call it. All right, brother. See y'all later. Love you guys.